Hey, it's Monica Dubay. Welcome to the Heal Your Mind podcast. And today we're going to talk about betrayal and how to get from betrayal to healing. This is from chapter one of the book, Heal Your Mind, Heal Your Life, that I published last year in 2020. Um, And this is a mindset mastery roadmap that's going to help you release fear, awaken to your higher self and create a powerful life. So I want you to know that there's always a way out of these um, negative states like betrayal. And betrayal has been a really big one for a lot of people, obviously, in relationships where they didn't work out. And we often are left feeling like there's something wrong with us because it didn't work out, right? So I want to talk about this a little bit, but I'm going to basically help you see beyond the state of mind of betrayal. Um, If you look at the ultimate betrayal that ever happened on this earth was the betrayal of um, Jesus of Nazareth when he was put on the cross, right? Um, And that's really something that we've all absorbed into our consciousness. And I want to know if any of you still struggle with that, that idea of betrayal, that idea that no matter how powerful you are and how um, much you're teaching love, that you're still going to be betrayed. Now, this is something that's gone through our consciousness in for centuries now. And I've been a light worker for a long time, so I really get it. Those of us who are old souls have been through a lot of this kind of betrayal. And I want to clean it up today. I want to help us to clean it up so that we don't carry this energy of betrayal into our next paradigm. You know, because we're shifting this paradigm from fear to love and stepping into the um, Aquarian age where we get to actually step more into divine love and peace and harmony. The only way to do that deep breath is to release what's in our subconscious around, you know, who we think we are, whether we are treated right on the planet. We've been through a lot of battles. We've been through a lot of wars and a lot of that energy is still here and it's within our consciousness and it has to be cleaned up. So my book is all about that. It's all about cleaning up the patterns that we are carrying from our ancestral lineage and our soul contracts with the other beings on the planet. And this is really a speed up now. So the whole point of this podcast is to help you free your mind, become a lot more clear about who you are and what you're meant to be doing here on the planet right now. All right. So we're going to cover the topic of betrayal today and why? Well, because a lot of us are carrying energy of betrayal And we need to clean it up from our subconscious and know that um, we have power over that idea because it's a thought, right? It's a thought pattern. And I I struggled with it for years and you'll find out why, because I'm going to tell you my story. (laughs) Okay. So take a deep breath and just sit back and listen for a moment. This is going to be very healing for all of us. And um, this is what took me a long time to write about because it was it was really hard for me to put it on paper. But once I did, I realized it's not just my story. It's the story of anyone who's felt betrayed by someone, especially someone older, someone that you trusted, and they didn't uh, deliver on being trustworthy. So this is why this is such an important topic. All right. Thank you so much for listening. So my question is, Have you ever been betrayed? Has your heart ever been so wounded that it felt like it was shattered by someone's behavior when you were young? Or have you ever asked yourself, 
What's wrong with me? Why do I seem to attract people who hurt me? I can relate to this because I've experienced this for myself. And even better, I've found a way out of that despair. And you see, I've helped hundreds of people in my 30 plus years of coaching and mentoring others like you. And before I share with you these simple methods of healing the mind, I'm going to tell you this story. I was raised seventh of 10 children by devout Catholic parents in a small town just north of Bangor, Maine called Old Town. Yes, it's where they make the canoes. <laughs> it's a quiet place. It's about 8,000 people, um, which still looks pretty much the same as when I left back in 1977. I remember the vibrancy of the town when we were young, growing up. The downtown included a drugstore and a soda fountain and a W.T. Grant department store. I remember going in there as a child and going out and picking out candy or sitting at the soda fountain with my mom. And it was just such a, a fun little town to be part of. Well, the Old Town Canoe Factory and the Shoe Factory, where my grandmother had worked, resided on Main Street right along the Penobscot River. We were free to walk everywhere on our own, anytime, day or night. I remember spending hours at the public library, sitting in small chairs, and I loved reading, exploring the world through books. It felt like a safe haven for me, and I could walk there from my home. My family life was a mayhem of constant activity, as you can imagine, kids coming and going, we had a very lively household full of love and laughter most of the time. My dad worked for H&R Block and mom was a secretary at the University of Maine in Orono. Our house on Main Street was right in the center of town next door to St. Mary's Church and school. The nuns lived in a house next door to the school behind the church. It was right in our backyard. It was a six bedroom house <clears throat> where we lived built by my grandfather who died when my mother was 12. My grandmother lived there and she had raised her three girls on her own, working in the shoe factory. I attended the Catholic school until the third grade when it closed. I then entered public school at age 10 where I was presented with an opportunity that changed my life. A music teacher came and conducted a concert band and introduced all of the instruments to us, and I was enamored. I begged my mother to let me play the trumpet, but she wisely suggested the clarinet, and so began what was to become my very first love, music. In junior high school, my musical talent was recognized by the new band director, whose love of jazz was contagious. We started a jazz combo, performing at local events, and over time, we entered competitions and my world opened up. Music, both classical and jazz, and my faith became the focus of my life. My parents loved the standards and musicals, and I sat listening to records for hours. On one weekend in junior high school, I attended a teen retreat called Search, Put on by the Catholic Church, where my friends and I spent the weekend in a nearby town. It was led by a priest from a different church, and I immediately felt a connection. I liked his sense of humor, his ability to relate to us as teens, and how he talked about forgiveness and faith. 
Unlike my parish priest, he was funny, approachable. I remember performing with my friends, singing and playing music in a talent show together, amongst other activities at the retreat. I felt this priest was someone I could confide in, and I remember talking with him about fear. At the time, he called fear paper tigers, and he said not to worry about fear too much. A few months later, I began to find myself anxious and unable to sleep well. And not wanting to tell my parents, I decided to call the priest for counseling. He agreed to see me. And on a spring day in early June, I walked into the rectory, a big brick building next to the much larger Catholic church further down the street from our home. I'd never been in this building before. And he greeted me at the door and welcomed me into his office. I'll never forget his big smile, his graying hair and startling blue eyes that made me feel safe and welcomed. Before I could sit down, he shut the door and gave me a hug. And then he put his hands up my back and under my shirt and began kissing me on the lips. Stunned, I froze. I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but I do know I was extremely uncomfortable and it seemed to last way too long. Not knowing what to do, I remember just being quiet and not saying anything. Shortly after, I left in a state of confusion and concern. <clears throat> I knew one thing. I could not tell my parents. They were not open to criticism of the church. And besides, what would I say? Would they even listen to me or believe me? I really didn't think they would. So I didn't tell anyone about this horrific incident for years. I put it out of my mind for most of my life, believing that it wasn't that big a deal. Mostly, I didn't think anyone would believe me, and I was too embarrassed to admit it had happened to me. Years later, when my third marriage was breaking up, <laughs> this memory came to the surface in a healing session. I had been betrayed by a priest at 14, and it had ramifications which I was only finding out about right now in my fifties. When I turned 23, I moved to New York city to attend Brooklyn college for a master's degree in performance. And there I met my husband, a musician, producer, and a keyboard player from Boston. I was head over heels in love. I moved in with him and we decided to get married after a few years together. Life was really opening up for me, and I was finally where I wanted to be. I loved studying music with the most wonderful clarinet teacher and enjoyed all the culture and intensity of New York. Yet things didn't really work out the way I'd planned. After a few years, I realized I wouldn't be able to make a living as a classical musician. So I gave up pursuing music as a career and worked for corporations as a technical writer in banks and insurance companies. Within a few years, I found myself sitting all day in my cubicle, staring at the clock, wondering when I could leave. My dream to be a professional classical musician had died, and with it, a part of myself. For about six months, I got more and more anxious. Many nights I didn't sleep at all. And finally, I realized I needed help. 
I was in such a panic, worrying about how I would get through the day, but mostly scared because I didn't know what was happening to me. I would go to work exhausted and miserable, sitting in a suit and heels, spending all day writing documents that meant absolutely nothing to me. I kept asking this question, what is wrong? Why am I so afraid? And then I was wandering around a health food store one day and I found a book called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay, which provided a key that I could change my thoughts and then my life would change. I started meditating. I started listening to the guided meditations, practicing gratitude every day and life got better. I could sleep again and I changed my diet. I started seeing a holistic chiropractor and within weeks I had energy again. The fear and anxiety began to lift. Soon afterwards, I found a book called A Course in Miracles and I signed up for an introductory class at the New York Open Center. I began reading the lessons in the workbook and found the answer to my question. Why am I so afraid? In fact, all my questions were answered in this amazing book that was channeled and published just a few years earlier in New York City. I felt loved. I felt protected. And finally, I knew I had a purpose. My mind lit up with hope and freedom from fear. I was astonished at how different my life felt and how suddenly I heard a voice start to speak to me and give me direction. A few years later, I got pregnant and I left the working world to raise my son full time. Though I still focused on meditation, I was using A Course in Miracles as my guide. I read a daily lesson every single day. I had a mentor who helped me as I navigated the early stages of my spiritual awakening. I'd been shy and introverted most of my life, yet gradually I embraced my power as a healer and teacher. The voice told me, you're going to teach this now. And I rebelled. Me? I was terrified of public speaking. I had no idea how I would possibly do that. But sure enough, the voice was insistent. And so I began teaching and people got results and they started to feel better. And they really loved what was happening to them. As we explored the concepts, the principles and the lessons of the Course in Miracles. Now, over the years since that time, I've taught A Course in Miracles in workshops, retreats, classes, and privately. I've traveled all over the world teaching the course, and I continue to do so online. It's still the most important spiritual document that I have ever found that has completely altered who I am. I want to jump to about six years ago, because you'll see why. The story of betrayal is literally 
something I carried with me my whole life without even knowing it. So here's what happened. In 2014, it was a sunny day in June when after a three-day drive from Wisconsin in my red Prius, I arrived back home. I was in the state of Maine. It was packed with my massage table, my summer clothes, my clarinet, and my saxophone. I'd put everything else in storage to move back to my home state. I don't know if you know, but Maine has a very magical quality. You feel it the moment you cross over the Piscataqua River Bridge from Portsmouth into Kittery. As I entered the state, a sign read, breathe easy, you're in Maine. I burst into tears. <laughs> After 40 years, I was coming home to start my life over. My kids were grown and my third marriage had just ended. I was rocked by the event that I didn't see coming, that we were splitting up. Thankfully, my brothers and sisters opened their arms to me and invited me back home. Of course, I'm one of nine children. <laughs> Gratefully, we were all coming together again. Just devastated by the loss of our father the year before, I felt like my world had collapsed. I wanted to be with people who loved me. The first few months I spent with my brother and his wife at his house in Bitterford Pool. While running one morning, my usual three miles on the beach, I heard a voice inside say, get out of the massage business and into the transformation business. I began to blog and I started a website offering spiritual guidance. One day, I was at an event. And it was a healing event at Omega. So I spent a few years really searching what I meant to be doing here. And I went to Omega to meet Byron Katie. And when I walked in, I knew something was going to change for me there. But I didn't know what. I pitched a tent and, and sat by the lake there. And one morning before her session, I went into a yoga session. And as I was lying there on the mat in Samadhi, the priest's face came directly into my own. And I knew why I was there. I had not forgiven the priest. And I felt that this wasn't as important as I, as I thought. I didn't know the ramifications of that relationship and how it had affected me my entire life. But in that moment, I worked with someone in the program who helped me to see my relationship with the priest had affected every relationship since then. And I had to face it. I had to face my part in it. Not that I'd done anything wrong because I hadn't, but just that my thoughts about what had occurred and how upset I still was over 50 years, 40 years. I finally saw it. Oh my gosh, I still have a lot of anger toward this man. Rightly so. But what I did was, this was a healing retreat. 
where you take a worksheet called Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet and fill it out and begin to really look at what you're telling yourself about that person and turn it all around and upside down and you get to see through it. You get to see that deep down, it's still up to you. It was up to me to find out how I could heal that relationship. He was long gone, but he was very much alive in my mind. So I worked on a worksheet with someone. I didn't get it. I was like, how could I forgive this? He molested me. And at one point, I turned the whole thing around and saw that I was molesting him with my thoughts now and myself. Now, it seems a little crazy, perhaps, to hear that but it took something for me to look at it and admit I was still molesting myself. I was still angry, betrayed, bitter, and resentful. And it was getting in my way from being who I really wanted to be. So I forgave the priest that day. And I let him know in my mind that it was over. And that Although I didn't like what happened, I was free. And I set him free as well from my thoughts about him, right? So here's the deal. Once you learn how to forgive and truly let go of patterns in your mind that keep you stuck and bound to an old event that happened, a trauma, an experience that rocked your world, There is a way out of it. There is a way out. The programs I now deliver came from combining my spiritual path with A Course in Miracles with some very simple and efficient methods that heal the mind, including Byron Katie's Four Questions and a Turnaround. Why do I use that? Well, because it works. It works every time. The Heal Your Mind, Heal Your Life programs are designed for those who want mastery over their mind and their lives. They want freedom from the past, freedom from betrayal, freedom from fear, judgment, guilt, and sacrifice. I've witnessed many people as they choose to step out of their fear and create what they truly desire. It starts with creating a whole new relationship with yourself and thereby discovering real power. Then you have the means to affect and alter your whole personal and professional life. At the deepest level, I believe our human and basic human desire is for freedom and happiness. And when you connect to your inner self and release the past, you release your old patterns of behavior and fear and judgment. And guess what? You make much better decisions. (laughs) You begin to choose wisely, not from pain, but from the possibility that life can be very different from this moment on. And then the excitement begins because you can begin to alter your future and create it from nothing. We each have our stories that we carry with us throughout our lives. I haven't met anyone who could say their childhood was perfect, joyful, and uneventful, 
Quite the contrary, most of us have had to overcome some very difficult experiences and challenges early in life. I'll stop there for now. What I really want you to know is that you don't have to stay stuck in the story. The story is the story. And what happened is what happened. But you can become free of the story by writing a new one. I've done it so many times and I've helped a lot of people shift and come out of that story. Because often we go to our graves with our stories. And it's a sad thing to carry resentment and pain from the past all the way through your life. It's my hope that you will be inspired by this story today and know that there is hope for no matter what happened in your past, it can be healed. The mind is so resilient and your mind actually is already whole and complete. And you would know that and experience it every single moment, except for the stories you're telling about your past. And the cool thing to realize what I've discovered and continue to discover every single day is that the past is actually already gone and it does not have to have any power over you. So if you don't live in your stories, which are never really true anyway, they're stories about what happened. The story is never true. When you're willing to see it that way and see that you have a chance right here and now to give it up, just give it up. <sighs> Maybe make a phone call and tell that person you've been holding that resentment with that you forgive them, that it's over. You're bearing the hatchet. You're going to walk the extra mile now and take care of yourself and others from love from forgiveness and from a sense of being complete and whole and worthy because you are. The only reason any of us suffer with the idea that we're not enough or that we're all alone and that we have to face life on our own is because of a story. So I hope this story and what I've shared has helped you to see beyond where betrayal may have usurped your power to be free. And if so, I would hope you would start to look at it differently today and know that you can put this behind you. You can step into greater freedom and it's time. It is time to let it go so that you can have a happier life and you won't keep attracting people who fulfill that story in you. Because if you show up as someone who is going to be betrayed yet again, then guess what? You will. That'll be your experience. Has to be. Your thoughts are so powerful and your beliefs create your experience. I love you. I hope this supports you today. And I want you to know I'm here. Heal Your Mind is a podcast for those of us who are going deep enough to heal the past, to free our minds and to step into greater freedom and love for all of humanity. And it starts with you. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.
Bye for now.